back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here today is the Saturday sit-down edition where we have an awesome conversation with some great individuals today. We actually have two individuals on. It's Mel and Kel with Epic Archery, and they're just great individuals, have a family of their own. They love archery. They love getting outdoors. They enjoy hunting. They enjoy going out to 3D events where they, you know, like Mountain Archery Fest, Total Archery Challenge. They just love bows. And you get to hear their story a little bit today and how they share it with their family without forcing their kids into it necessarily, but how they get to share that with their family, their passion for archery. So before we get into that, guys, I just wanted to give a shout out to our show partners. And of course, we're going to start off with First Form and First Form Outdoors. If you are missing something, is there some kind of hole in your nutrition or your diet, uh, whether it be protein, micronutrients such as uh, multivitamin, a fish oil, greens, something along those lines, you can reach out to me. I'd love to coach you through that, but also um, go check out First Form and uh, join the First Form Outdoors group on Facebook as well, uh, where you can just just join a great group of individuals, guys. Uh, but First Form makes the best supplements on the market if you need to fill a gap in your diet. Uh, it won't replace your diet, but if you need more protein, the best protein shakes, best flavors on the market, guys. Go check them out. Also, of course, Alpen Fuel for your backcountry nutrition. If you guys need some granola for the backcountry, whether it's cold water or warm water that you put in, they're amazing flavors. My favorite is the, well, right now it's the white chocolate cranberry with a caramel apple close behind it and the chocolate strawberry, of course. Uh, go check them out. Save some money with the links down below, guys. Uh, Heather's Choice is if you're not looking for necessarily granola, but you want some other meals while you're on your backcountry adventures, backpacking, hiking, hunting, whatever it may be, also go check out Heather's Choice with the link down below. Uh, if you need a backpack, to pack out that meat from hunting, or if you just need a backpack that will stand the test of time, uh, will run like a tank and carry anything that you need, go through and get your Kafaru backpack. They have literally thousands of combinations on their site. Call their customer service. It's unmatched, and they'll be able to definitely help you out picking the right setup for you, whatever it is that your needs are. Also, Black Ovis, blackovis.com. Go check them out, guys, if you need anything from clothing to optics to trekking poles to gaiters, whatever it may be for your outback country needs. I mix those words up, but outdoor needs. Go check out Black Ovis, guys. It's a conglomeration of a bunch of different items that you need in the backcountry. Go check them out with the link down below. Save some money. If you're looking to get into digiscoping, all-in digiscoping, O-L-L-I-N, is the best option on the market, guys. And they just have some great, a great vision, great company. Go check them out as well. Again, use code REDBEARD, save 10% off and free shipping. Absolute Aid CBD Chewables. If you're looking for adding CBD chewables to your nutrition, uh, maybe get rid of some aches and pains or a relief formula is my favorite. After a hard day of training, it's definitely better to go for then ibuprofen, in my opinion. Go check out absoluteaid.com. If you have a beard, short beard, long beard, itchy beard, crazy beard, whatever, go check out affectbeard.com. 
save some money with Redbeard Tin and uh, get that beard to be less itchy, guys. Make it look good with the beard butter and uh, moisturize that skin underneath with the beard oil. Great scents. And it's an amazing guy that works here locally, makes it himself. Awesome company. Go support him over at affectbeard.com. Okay, guys. Now that we've run through the list, thank you again so much for your support. And we're going to get into this awesome conversation with Mel and Kel from Epic Archery. All right, everyone. I've got an awesome treat for you guys today. We've got the Mel and Kel from Epic Archery. Unleashed or is it just Epic Archery? Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah, unleashed. Perfect. So they're great teachers. Uh, they they love archery. They're very passionate about it. They have a family. Uh, and well, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and kind of your your company and, and what you guys do. So who is uh, or who are Mel and Kel? Well, Maybe first. Yeah, you should start. Um, well, we are late, I, I guess what you would call late onset archers. We didn't grow up shooting archery. Um, so we found archery in adulthood. Our children started shooting at about age two, our youngest two were two and 18 months when they got their first bows, but we didn't necessarily shoot at that point. Um, Kel probably what, seven, about eight se years, seven, yeah, seven or eight years ago now, uh, decided he thought archery would be cool and wanted a bow. And I thought archery was really expensive. And so we kind of went back and forth and Kel is like the ultimate gift giver. Like he pays attention to people. He gives you the best gifts. And, and he's also at that point in our life, he's always been more of a spender and I've been more of like the cheapskate. And so I'm a terrible, which makes me a terrible gift giver because <laughs> I don't want to spend the money. Anyway, I decided this one year, like I'm going to be the good gift giver. So I saved up some money, bought him a bow for his birthday and it was fabulous. Like he was so surprised, best reaction. And then he put it on the shelf for like a year. Yeah. And I was like, archery is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but he gradually like started getting back, like pulling it out and trying it out. And he's like, this is really cool. You should try it. And I was like, no, I'm not really interested. And we were kind of at this point in our relationship where we're, we were really great roommates and best friends. But we did didn't have anything in common and um i've always been like the hiker runner anything biker anything of my own power and he's always been like motorcycles four-wheelers side-by-sides guns that kind of stuff and so um he bought me a bow for my birthday <laughs> so me being the frugal one that i am i was like well we spend this much money on something I have to figure it out and that's kind of what uh, what ultimately became epic archery was was when she actually really got into it was the graduation to that that hey let's get this thing started because she had some bad experiences she dealt with some some people that we feel like you know didn't didn't really have the knowledge that they needed to to deal with you know women women in archery is a, a total different thing Mm -hmm. You know, we had some, we had some bad experiences and, and she's like, you know what, I'm either I'm quitting or I'm going to change it. 
And that's kind of what ultimately, that's where Epic Archery is born, is she's like, I'm going to change it. So we were a couple years in. We had found that that was like something that really brought us together and brought our family together. And then I had those bad experiences and was like, is this even worth it? And then um, we just decided like, if, if we can't, if I can't quit, then we'll make a difference if we can. So, yep. And from there, we just, I think we're upwards of about, we've taught about 300 people now and it's been, it's been a a great journey. So it kind of started with, I was like, well, I'm going to learn everything I can learn. Um, I started watching YouTube videos. I started an Instagram page started different social media outlets trying to help channel other women that I admired and was learning from. And, and then I started doing reviews for women and trying to help show that side and help people understand the differences and help women find the equipment they needed. Um, I started like driving hundreds of miles to go bow shopping with women, which was super fun. I still do that occasionally. So anyway, and now we're, I don't know how we got here, but here we are. <laughs> that's awesome. We definitely I, took a different direction. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love that story. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can relate to just kind of hitting on a couple of things that you brought up here where, you know, as, as spouses, you can become really good roommates, best friends and co-parents almost. Um, but you don't really have anything in common together. I know I've, I've been through that phase, um, as well. And I mean, there's still some things too, where I'm like, I could still be a better husband, um, you know, and, and you get wrapped up in so many things where, you know, I've got my stuff and she's not necessarily interested in that. And I'm not necessarily interested in her stuff. And, you know, that, that can, that can happen. So it's, it's cool that you guys have worked through that. And uh, you guys are, you know, an example of what you can take as a challenge with your, uh, you know, people pushing back on you, which I kind of want to hit on that a little bit too. I, I'm interested in hearing your perspective of, um, of how women, you know, maybe get some more kickback than men do in, in the archery space. Um, but on top of even before that, the fact that you went out of your way to, cause my wife's the same way. She's very frugal and she hates that word when I say it, cause it reminds her of like an old lady, but, uh, you know, she, she's very, she's the accountant in our family. And I'm the spender, the person, the people person that, oh, well, it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll make it work. Right. And she's like, but how, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't necessarily have the, I don't have the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's cool that you, you know, you, you worked through the whole, he put it on the shelf for a year, which dude, come on, man. Like <laughs> if she's right. like showing interest in something you want to do right. like that's oh my goodness you're lucky you got through that one <laughs> uh, but i think it's awesome that, and and then you turned it you know you took all these challenges you turned it and you guys have worked together you guys are doing great things and um you know i got to meet you in person at uh, mountain archery fest and you guys are big supporters of of that event and just getting your kids in it as well so um let let's hit on a little bit here you know women and archery i i do want to hear about that because it's not something that a lot of people think of. I know me personally, you know, I was raised to respect women. I'm from the South. Um, and, and that's a big part of that culture as well. But like, I don't look at a woman and say, oh, she can't do what I can do. Right. That's not something that goes through my head, but I know it is a thing. So yeah. what, what were some of the things that maybe you encountered as a woman getting into archery? Um, well, so first of all, I would say, 
Kel buying a, me a bow <laughs> cyan scene. Number one, the worst probably, thing I could have done. Like it worked out for us, but it doesn't always work out. Don't do it. 30 inch draw length. Um, so and every time I hear combo. a guy that did that, I'm like, oh, dude, you screwed up. <laughs> I already did that. You suck, man. <laughs> so this is a do as we say and not as we do. And Kel actually did fine. Like he bought me a great entry level bow and it got me excited and I got really good with it. And I actually really loved it. Now that I am in the position that I'm in, I would say it's so important to involve your spouse, significant other, female daughter, whoever it is in the buying process, allow her to shoot anything she can shoot, allow her to find the thing that fits her because what works the best for men is not necessarily what's going to work the best for women. Um, and men have the very best of intentions. Like these men that have come to me and they're like, I bought my wife this great bow and my face falls. <laughs> <laughs> like they did it out of like the purest, most loving part of their souls. Um, but archery is so individual, whether you're male or female, but there is a very different biological component to how equipment fits women about how our biological, how our bodies work, our biomechanics. Um, we have different parts. We have different um, challenges with, double jointedness and there and weaknesses and strengths in different areas that create different needs and challenges and finding the correct equipment. Um, I feel like bow shops are getting better. Like we are one of the fastest growing industries, demographics in the outdoor industry. And finally, some of these manufacturers are starting to catch on and make some improvements. Um, but it's slow for some and even slower for others and shops and you know it's a trickle down effect so shops are starting to kind of try and catch on and do the best they can but it's not something that they know and it's not something that they've spent years doing most of them um and so there's challenges like I went into this shop and they put me in a bow that was way too heavy of a poundage bow for me and tried to help me shoot it, which created in. Um, I still have women come to me and say, I went into the bow shop and I had no idea because archery is like learning a new language. It's mm -hmm. a totally new vocabulary with your body and your mind. And one girl last week said, I went in there and I told them I didn't know anything and they just kind of laughed at me. And I feel like awesome. that is, you know, like we just need to work on our approach, especially to women, because we probably take that a little differently than a man would. Like a guy goes in and is like, I don't know anything. And they kind of chuckle about it and then walk back into the range. Whereas a woman, shoot whatever they want. Yeah. Whereas a woman, it's like, okay, well, I don't know anything. Now I'm afraid to ask questions. Now I feel stupid. Now I'm not sure that I really want to do this. And that's mm -hmm. not every woman, but a lot of women have those feelings. And so there's also an aspect of like, most men went through Boy Scouts or some sort of camp or something where they at least had their hands on a bow. So if a technician hands them a bow in a shop and says, go shoot this, they have some concept. Yeah. Whereas most of us women, I mean, 
I had never held any type of bow, like never even had one in my hands besides like my kids recurve bows until my husband purchased me a bow. Mm. And I, I had no concept of how to even hold the thing or how to stand much less like how to pull it back and do any of the other steps that are involved. So um, there's just a lot of education that I think needs to happen industry wide as to how to best approach the female demographic to help them have a good experience from the start. No, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I've heard that from men as well when they go in and they say it, but hearing it from a woman's perspective, you know, like what you were saying, it's a little bit easier for us to kind of laugh it off and kind of joke around about it versus someone who, I mean, you're, you're going into a, an industry and a, maybe even a, a bow shop that is dominated by men. Like whenever I go and I help out up at wild arrow, I'd say easily 95% of the people in there are men. And the only 5% is like my daughter that's in there every once in a while with me and like, and the spouses that come in with their husbands, you know, and, and they're not even looking to shoot. They're just there because their husband dragged them there, you know? And, and so it's, it's hard to find those, those good instructors, the good, even technicians, because, you know, people, and I don't know, I, I would assume and I would hope it's not on purpose that people act that way, but it's like what you said, it's like <clears throat> speaking another language. You know, when I learned Spanish and I went down to Mexico, it took people a while to remember, I don't know the language I'm learning it, right? right. And it took me laughing at my own mistakes. But for people that aren't comfortable doing that, it can be such a turnoff that you just you just walk out and you're like, well, great. I mean, you're already overcoming the hurdle of the expenditure, even if you get an entry level bow, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, right. uh, you know, just I'm just thinking of Hoyt Torex off the top of my head. They because the bow shop that um, uh, up here, Wild Arrow, they have the different packages. It's like six hundred dollars for a new one right. with the you know an okay quiver and an okay rest. Right. You know, entry level stuff is still like six hundred dollars plus tax, and then you've got to go get you know uh, arrows and everything else. So that's that's a that's a hurdle in and of itself let alone being laughed at because you say you don't know anything, you know, it, it's, it, that's, that's, that's really sad to hear because we definitely want more people in general, but definitely women in the industry. Um, and I'm glad you're able to overcome that. You know, that that's a big deal. Um, but from, from your perspective, uh, Cal, what, what did you see her going through as she was kind of dealing with these hurdles? You know, it's interesting I think there's two directions that, that I've watched women take and it, cause we've actually started working with Al sporting goods. So we, she shows up when she talks to somebody that wants to buy a bow, she'll go in and actually help them pick a bow out. She'll set it up for them. I just go just get experience working as a tech. Um, it's interesting cause you see two categories of women, those that I would say maybe are a little more strong willed. And that, and Mel is one of those where they're 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 like okay well if I can't figure I'll I'll just go figure it out on my own. And then there's others that you know they bring their husband in they bring their kids in, and their husband's like well this is what she wants this is what and and they get timid, and it drives them in the opposite direction where you're just like she they buy her a bow and I'm like okay well she'll never shoot that, like that'll sit probably 
up in her closet on the shelf because she came in and was basically forced in a direction. So it's been interesting to watch. And I have a great perspective. I get a front row seat as to, I probably understand a little more about what, what it takes to get a woman into archery because I've obviously I've watched it, you know, and um, it's been interesting to see that perspective and it, it helps me understand why it is so difficult for, for women and it helps me be a little more sympathetic to it. But it also, the one thing I don't understand is why more men don't want to get their or don't push their, or get their wives into it because if they do, they get to hunt more, <laughs> <laughs> they get to buy more product. They get to buy more a golden nugget they, right there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she never, she never complains. As long as I say it's archery or archery related, I can buy whatever I want. I am the cheapest <laughs> But if he says archery, then I'm like, oh, I guess we need it. Okay. I guess it's like, yeah, sure. But it's cool to have I, yeah. that that different perspective that most, you know, you can't you can't blame the technicians at the shops too much because it's like you say, it's not something that they see every day, and it's something they have to, you know, it's something that they have to learn. It's just like the main purchaser for the the archery shop at at Al's. You know, he, he sat down with Mel and he said, Hey, I just need you to tell me what you think we need to order because he had no idea. There's no history of purchasing women, women equipment. There's no history of purchasing lower poundage bows, you know, like flagship bows. There is no history to know what what the market will support. And so you can't really blame these guys. I mean, they could approach it better, but you can't blame them for not knowing because most of them don't have someone like her that has taken the direction that she has that is benefiting our sporting goods in the the way that it is for them you know what i mean so it's 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 really it really has i get i get to see a whole different um sense of of the of the business or side of the business that that most men don't get to see because i see it firsthand well and i think we are help trying to help other people not make the mistakes we've made because we made a lot of the things that we tell people not to do are the things that we did. You know, like I walked into a shop and I was a people pleaser and, you know, they're like, this is the bow you need to try and shoot. And even when it, I could tell that it was too much or it was hurting me, I was too afraid to say anything and I was too proud to stick up for myself. And I was too proud to ask my husband for help. Like there were a lot of things that we did in the process of me getting set up and getting into it and even him getting into it that we learned the hard way. And we would just really like to help other people not do the things that we did. So we definitely didn't do it perfectly. Um, as with life and most things, you know, you go through something really hard and travel the hardest path. So that hopefully you can help people not take that same path or if they're on that path, it's not quite as rough for them as it was for you, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I love that because I mean, it's true that men, and I don't know how much of it is on purpose. I, I, again, I like to think the best of people until you give me a reason to not think that of you. Uh, But I want to say that most men aren't necessarily intentionally prideful, but like, you know, this it's like when my wife, you know, she she hired someone to help her with nutrition and that person knows me and they're like, 
but your husband does this. Why are you paying me? And she's like, to save our marriage. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I, and recently, so I've got some really good friends up in, in Wyoming and I won't drop their names on here. Cause I don't know if he knows that I know that he was upset about it, but his wife recently just started shooting at tack and, uh, and she like, beginner's luck whatever you want to call it i think women are just better shooters in general um, naturally better at at rifles and at bows um and and that should be a thing for women you know you should understand that you really generally do shoot better uh, than men without much practice but she killed it on the course and then he found out and he was upset because he's been trying to get her into archery for so long and now she's out with her her friends and and just picked up a bow and and did it right so they've worked through that at this point he's happy that she's shooting now but i think you know we have that underlying like like what you were saying you're gonna have to work through it and you don't necessarily intentionally do it on purpose um but you know for me when my wife hired someone to help her with her nutrition i was like if that you know if a couple hundred dollars a month or whatever saves us an argument because I know I'm right and you don't want to listen to me or vice versa. Like I'm cool with that. <laughs> and so I think it goes to, to say with archery as well, like maybe give pointers when it's asked for, but don't always feel like you need to, you know, uh, make her journey, your journey. Right. Because it's, well, they're too different. We've had it. We've had quite a few couples come to us and the husband has been hunting for years and he's like, she won't listen to me. I'm like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> There's a problem. You just said the problem right there. <laughs> yeah. She won't listen to me. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I, and, and the husband's like, I just don't understand why she can't get it. And I'm like, you know, everything you're saying is the reason she's not getting that, you know, just like you said. And so it, it's interesting because you'll have a lot of these guys come to Mel and say, Hey, I just want you to teach my wife because, and they enjoy it because there's a different perspective, there's a different avenue taken. There's a different approach. Whereas, you know, it's funny because we watch, you know, we watch, I've watched a ton of these um, archers that have been shooting way longer than we have. We've taken different approaches to the way that we, we come, come into archery where we've taken the approach of the coaches and instructors. And we figure out how you shoot the, the mechanics of it, everything else. And a lot of these guys that have been shooting for, you know, years, 10, 15, 20, 30 years are like, Hey, can you guys teach us? My form is probably off my this and that. It's amazing how you take this guy that's been shooting archery for 30 years and, and he knows he's not shooting correctly. And then you bring his wife into the, the page and he's trying to teach her. It's it's there's, there's the problem right mm-hmm. there is, is you're trying to force something down her throat. And you know, it, it, there's just, like you said, there's a finesse to it. There's a different approach. And going back on one thing you said about men and women shooting, it's funny because Melanie told me this the other day and she was teaching a lady and she said, you know, women look at themselves when, th- when things aren't going right. Men look at the equipment. It's always the equipment's fault. Women, that's why they're better <laughs> because they look at themselves and they fix their form. And men, men are like, oh, the equipment sucks. Like there's, there's something wrong with my something. Well, <laughs> this bow's not shooting right. Or when it, when it dry fires. I don't know yep. what happened. <laughs> Wait, I well, love that. I, we had someone come in the shop the other day that they were like, I don't know what, why did these speed knocks get busted? I'm like, <laughs> 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 it's like, 
did, well, was there an arrow in the target? <laughs> <laughs> that was even us. I mean, Kel started and got going faster, but it's just never a good idea in a relationship to try and teach. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that it works, but usually it doesn't. It's just like, we're both certified coaches, but we have other people coach our children mm-hmm. and coach us because we know that there's far less conflict and we take it very differently coming from an outside source yep. and our kids are the exact same way. And so, um, that's something that we try and just like help people see is that it's not an issue of your wife, not wanting, not respecting what you know, or your husband, not respecting what you know, it's an issue of you need an outside source that's not involved in any other aspect of your life to help you gain the knowledge and the things that you need. And it's not Mm. that you don't trust each other or whatever. Mm. Sometimes you just need that outside perspective to help you. I, and we laugh a little because the first gentleman that started coaching me initially, he's fabulous. He, um, He's like this really old cowboy, um, just like crotchety old cowboy. And he would come in when I was at the range and he would just stand and stare at me and he wouldn't say anything. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, (laughs) what am I doing wrong? And then he would come over and he'd take my bow and he'd adjust something and then he'd stand back. But he, he's coached world champion archers. He's just a phenomenal archery coach. Um, And one day he had messed with my bow a couple of times and I kept missing. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And he's like, he's the one who was like, I'm going to tell you a secret. He's like, you're not doing anything wrong. He's like, we're just adjusting your bow to get it to where it needs to be. But he's like 99% of women will blame themselves. And 99% of men will blame their equipment. And I laugh Mm -hmm. every time I have a student, a woman who's like, what am I doing wrong? And her form looks great, but we're just like making adjustments to her equipment. And I'm like, girlfriend, like we're just fixing your bow yourself sometimes. And then I'll be working with a guy and he's like, there's gotta be something wrong with my rest. The rest (laughs) is off. There's something wrong with my rest. And he's like anchoring up here. (laughs) Oh man, that's crazy. You know, and that, that's funny. Cause so, uh, you know, for me personally, I, I went in and I had, I didn't want to look dumb again, going back to being a little proud. Um, and I had done some research. I kind of figured out pinpointed some people that I trusted that weren't trying to sell me stuff online. Um, I'd ask some questions and then I went into the bow shop. And I think that's another thing too, that like people don't understand is when you go into a bow shop, they're so slammed. Like it's ridiculous, especially this time of year. It's almost like there's a hunt coming up and people forgot to break out their bows, um, all year, which is crazy. But uh, you know, then you walk in, in the middle of their rush and you're like, I don't know anything. Well, you know, it's kind of like, you're not paying me any extra and you're not paying me for my time, but I'm, I've got a thousand bows back here. I need to get done in the next week. And right. so, you know, I think that adds to it as well. Um, and, and so it, it's one of those things where you do a little bit of research ahead of time, no kind of, you know, an idea of what you're looking at. And, and, uh, but also I, I do agree that there's a lot of people that need to, learn the way that they, they speak to people. Not everyone has the same sense of humor as you. Like I'm super sarcastic, but I don't start off a new conversation with someone. I don't know 
with sarcasm, you know, like that's just not, but once you get to know me, you understand I'm trilingual. I can speak Spanish, English, and sarcasm very fluently. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of how things are for me, but, um, I think it's awesome. I appreciate you guys sharing that, that, that journey that you guys have gone on so far. Um, and I, I love what you're doing. I love that you've taken that passion for, again, overcoming those obstacles, turned it into a business and that you're out there coaching. Um, so what, I mean, when you're not coaching archery, what do you do? <laughs> There's a lot going on right now. There we go. Uh, archery like at the back of things right yeah. now. But uh we weren't busy enough in our lives before. We're like, why not? No, I think what do you do? I think the majority of I'm a project manager um, for a property management company, um, so I'm out of state a lot, um, and then we're building a house on top of that, okay. and so it, there's just... All right, well, I had to pause it there just for a second because we were dealing with some uh, internet connection issues, but either way, brief intermission here, wanted to personally invite you over to the Redbeards Fit Crew. Uh, we've got a great group of individuals over there, if I can speak English, that uh, they just are awesome at wanting to pursue happier, healthier, more successful life. That's really what it's all about, guys. Getting to know individuals that um, may be going through some of the same struggles that you are um, and have some ideas that maybe I'm not thinking of that we'd like to just share with each other. So just a great community. Come join us over there. If you have Facebook, go to Redbeard's Fit Crew. And of course, go join the First Form Outdoors group as well. Again, same idea. Great group of individuals that loves getting outside uh, whether it be hunting, hiking, camping, fishing, and we just share either uh, gear ideas or nutrition ideas and just uh, great experiences that we get to have out there uh, personally or with family, with friends. Love to have you over in both of those groups, guys. Uh, come join us over there. And that's it for now. Let's go back to the conversation. You know, it's interesting you ask because that was part of the reason that archery took off so fast for us. Cause I've never had anything that was a stress relief in my life. And I've, I've always worked two and three and four jobs my entire life and in our marriage. Um, so that Mel didn't have to actually go to work, which she still did a little bit at home, but I mean, my life, my entire life has been just working, working, working. So now I, I mean, I'm a project manager in a property management company and I do, I deal with construction, but I travel a lot. So we're, when we're not doing archery, it's like, it's just work, work, work. And we're building the house right now. And so it's even and he's more general work. contracting our house. So, so it's a lot more work there too, but, uh, so there's not a lot of like play, which obviously gets, gets tiring after a while. It'd be nice just to, if all of us could just have like one week of play and then three weeks mm -hmm. of work. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. And I, <laughs> I have, well, I, we have three kids, so I do my best to like keep them alive in our house, sort of <laughs> in some sort of semblance of not burning down. Um, but I've also owned my own uh, graphic arts, vinyl home decor business for the last five years. Um, and then I just do a lot of stuff on the side too. So 
I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit, but I don't know that I've ever been super fantastic. I'm a terrible business person is what it comes down to. Like, <laughs> I just want to help people, but I'm too like tender hearted to charge people. <laughs> and so I do a lot. I work. I do a lot of volunteer, a lot of donating my time in my own businesses. But that's something else, though, that we do also is, I mean, it's part of our treatment. Yeah. We're both part. Well, I'm part of that at Cash Archers board. And then we we act our family actually runs um, the majority of the 3D leagues at Cash Archers. And then we then we were both um, volunteering at the, the gun range. We did. We were doing a lot of volunteering. And I coach I volunteer coach the Joad kids. So like the Junior Olympic Archery Development Program. Um, so, yeah, we're I mean. And then our kids have stuff like our kids play other sports other than archery. And, you know, we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sounds like, like everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's why it's yeah. taking us so long to talk to you. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. I honestly, it's, uh, it, I completely understand because we've got, you know, we've got five kids of our own. And so trying to fit everything in both of us that's work, um, you know, it, it's not, the easiest to do, but the yeah. fact that you guys are finding ways to do it, I think that's awesome. And then you're giving back to the community again, through your coaching and then, uh, you know, being on these boards and, and volunteering your time. That's awesome. And your, your kids see that as well, you know, and, and eventually one day, maybe when they're a little bit more grateful and not so much kids, like I right. understand, <laughs> right? they'll definitely look back and see that you guys volunteered, uh, and gave back to the community, which is another big thing too. Um, you know, a lot of people want to sit back and complain about this, that, or the other, and how awful things are and blah, blah, blah. And I just, whenever people start getting on these rants, I just sit back and I, one, I want to get out of the conversation, but two, you know, I'm like, well, okay. I haven't heard anything that you're doing though. Yeah. Like, what are you, how are you fixing it? <laughs> yeah. Like you've, you've got a pretty beefy jaw there. You're chatting a lot about it, but what are you doing? You know? So, um, it's cool to see people giving back even when, you have other obligations, you know, and, and children are not there. It's not easy. You can't just, you know, make them do whatever you want to do. Right. You know, they, they have right. their own needs as well. And so um, what are some, I mean, what are some ways that you guys get your kids involved in this passion of yours without necessarily forcing it? Cause I think there's a lot of people that want to throw a bow into their kids' hands and say, I shoot, you need to shoot. Um, you know, what, what are some ways that you guys get your kids into it? So, so we, uh, a couple years ago, we actually ran the 3d archery range up in the Valley, um, card Canyon. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it seems to be fairly, you know, um, big around the area, but card, we ran that for a while. Um, it was more, how do we get out and enjoy God's creation as a family and then involve archery? So it was more, how do we do things as a family and do more as a family and come closer together as a family? And then we involved archery. And honestly, to tell you the truth, there were times that we didn't, we didn't take any bows up, up to the, up to the Canyon in Logan Canyon. There were times that too, that our girls didn't want to shoot and they just wanted to hike. You know, we, we never have forced our kids to do it. And I think that's one of the things that parents have an issue with is they push it whereas we want them to actually enjoy it so we, we give them the i guess 
the we tools give the tools to and do the opportunity. it. And if they don't want to do it, we don't force it on them. Um, our son, our son has taken to it a lot more so than the, our two younger daughters. But um, but we we've opened up the opportunities. But this whole thing, this whole journey for us, has been more about how do we get closer as a family, because the world is taking that away. But it, we didn't do anything as a family before archery, and it opened up our eyes. Like, how do we do more? And then how do we convince other people to do more as well because of how we've benefited from this? And it's it's been interesting. We've had multiple families that we've taught the entire family. We'd get the parents involved, and then they'd buy all their kids bows for Christmas, and and then they would come all take lessons and we will see them up shooting in the Canyon or they'll, we'll see them at a, at a, at a 3d um, competition and all the kids are shooting archery. And it's more about what can we do in the world that is good. It's like you said, we can complain about the world all we want. What are we doing to change it? Well, this is kind of our way to be like, Hey, how do we change this for not only our family and our kids, but how do we help others? change the way that they are going because you know the sports the world everything else is set up and focused on taking on splitting everybody up and you know archery is one of those things that it almost just kind of brought us all together and then we don't force it from there like if they want to go shoot they shoot but at the same time you know it's all about how do you get your kids to appreciate god's creation how do you get your kids to appreciate their family to appreciate and respect and, and show respect, you know, and, and I think archery kind of discipline, archery kind of teaches all of that. So it was, it was a good way and a good Avenue for us to kind of teach unity to our kids and then for us to help others bring their families closer together as well. And I think our, like you said, our very first priority, when we started, we determined like we won't force them, you know, just because it's something that, he and I love that we're going to always give them the opportunity. Um, one of our daughters is left eye dominant. And so she's a girl and she's left eye dominant, which presents big challenges in the archery industry right now. Um, and sometimes she's on fire and loves it. And sometimes she's like, I could care less. And our five year old is the same way. Um, but one thing that I also think that we've tried really hard to do is to help them be involved in helping other kids. So there have been a couple of times where we've run into other little girls who have been shooting right-handed and then find out they're left eye dominant. Mm. And as an adult, it's really hard to go to tell them like, let's try this a different way because it's really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But kids are so malleable and it's so much easier for them to switch something like that. And so having our daughter step in and be like, Hey, I changed too. And look what I can do. And having someone on their same level, we've seen that help other kids. And not only does that help the other child, but I see the confidence boost in my children um, when they have the opportunity to help and to teach and be a part of all the things that we're doing. Like our kids, especially our oldest, when we started running booths, he got so excited because he's like, I get to sell everything. Like, <laughs> show me how to sell it. Like, he sets too. up the booth. He gets all excited about it. And then when people are there, you'll catch him having these deep archery conversations with adults and all sorts of people. And just the socialization 
and the confidence that gives to our kids in so many areas other than just pulling back a bowstring has been really valuable for our family too. No, definitely. No. Yeah. I agree with that. That's, you know, and again, letting, letting the kids test the waters. Right. Um, and that's something that, you know, I, the kids go to the archer shop with me whenever I go. Um, but usually I give them an iPad or something to keep them occupied. Uh, but there's times where they're like, Hey, can we bring our bows? I want to shoot. Of course, definitely. And, and, you know, making it fun too, like having little printouts of different things that they want to shoot to put on the target or like the bow shop has like a troll, you know, that they can shoot or putting a balloon up, you know, that's just filled up with your, your own breath. Um, you know, just there on the target. So when they hit it, it pops like things like that. And, you know, encouraging the good behavior of just shooting the boat, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Their form doesn't have to be perfect. Um, we took one of my son's friends. So my son's seven and, uh, one of his friends was, was over for the day. So they went up to the shop with me and I, I didn't bring my bow because I wasn't planning on shooting. Uh, I wanted to, you know, the kids to have the time. And so he asked to borrow a bow. So he was shooting and then um, there was some lessons going on and the the coach comes over and she's like, um, I think she thought he was my kid. And, and she was like, is he left-handed? I said, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. And she was like, well, he's, he's shooting right-handed, but he's got his left eye open. I said, oh, okay. I didn't even think to look for that. So she handed him a left-handed bow and his first shot, boom, popped the balloon. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Now I know what to look for, right? And and so uh, it, it's little things like that, that it's good to have a coach around, um, you know, invest a little bit of money into your kids and let them have a good experience rather yeah. than just like what you, you know, at the very beginning where we were saying buying a bow for them, let them go shoot bows, yeah. just like you want to go shoot a bow. You may not be spending $1,500 on their bow, but it's still an investment right. into them. And, and then right. knowing that you're not there just for you, I think it, it's, it's definitely key. So I love that you guys brought that up. And of course, you know, uh, being Redbeard outdoors over here, I love that you guys love getting outside. I mean, you guys are in, it looks beautiful behind you uh, in Vail. And I know Colorado's <laughs> got some great country. Um, so I think that's awesome that, that you guys get the kids involved with the outdoors and you don't force things on them. You let them kind of pick and choose the activities. Obviously most people would pick video games and, you know, inside stuff. Right. You don't provide that option. <laughs> You're like, well, we're going outside. Right. What would you like to do outside? You know? And right. so uh, I love that. I lo that's awesome. Um, how many kids do you guys have? Three. So we have a 10 year old boy, uh, eight year old daughter, and then an almost six year old. She'll be six next week. Little girl. Awesome. So cool. Well, happy early birthday. Um, <laughs> well, it's almost Kel's birthday too. So oh, there you go. Yeah. What what bow are you getting out? Okay. <laughs> well, the levitate's high on the list right now. So <laughs> oh yeah, you like that bow? Um, yeah. it's a little too light for me. I don't know. I, I'm not a carbon guy. Um, you know the Hoyt and the and the levitate. I just it, it's a little too light for me. I like my aluminum bows. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but um, that's cool. That's I, awesome. I, I, I struggle. I struggle with that. I, I bought the V3X. Dude, it's so heavy. Like, <laughs> and I'm getting what? weaker. I swear I'm getting weaker. I, I bought the 33. I put a, a front and a back bar on it. I think I had like 12 ounces total. Um, oh. And it was set up nice. And and But it was set up like a 3D bow, basically. Mm. 
And uh, she was shooting my Mach 1. We bought her limbs, 50-pound limbs for it. I I shot, I love that Mach 1, that, that PSD carbon bow. Mm-hmm. But I, I said, I'm probably just weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in my old age, I've gotten weak. But, but uh, yeah. And I think that's, like, I love this interaction because I think that's where – so many people underestimate the individuality of archery. Like mm-hmm. every single person is going to have a preference about every different aspect of a bow. And thankfully we have all these amazing bow companies who are producing phenomenal bows that are all so different. Mm-hmm. And what works perfectly for Kel is not going to work perfectly for you. And what right. works perfectly for me is not going to work for every other five foot four 25 and a half inch draw woman. Like Mm -hmm. you have to get your hands on that equipment and be like, I need a little more weight. I need a little less weight and a little more, a solider back wall or whatever the case may be, you know? And so, and I just love that. Like, I love that that illustrates the point that what Epic Archery is all about is finding the place that fits you where you're comfortable and you're confident and there's no perfect scenario that someone can say here and spoon feed you like you have to find it for yourself yeah no definitely and i'm just gonna get a little dig and here you're gonna you're gonna get that levitate and then you're gonna (laughs) add another eight ounces so you're gonna that (laughs) half pound that you lost in the bow you're going to add to your stabilizer. So it's going to be the same. <laughs> you know what's I just, the draw what, cycle. What's interesting oh. is, that, is actually, I have never shot a better bow than the V3X 33. I have mm. never shot a better bow, but it magnifies every flaw that I have. So if I'm shooting good and I'm rested and I'm feeling strong, it it is an amazing bow. If I'm like tired, like when we're up at Mountain Archery Fest or Attack, I can't hit anything. But in Kel's life right now, rested is not. It's not. It's possible. not even. Like, <laughs> so, so it's the equipment, right? It's the so, equipment's fault, right? <laughs> it's the equipment's fault. Exactly, it's the equipment's fault. Can we just prove oh, that? Man. There we go. It's the equipment's fault. <laughs> not that you need to go get more rest. Not that you need, you know, no. It's, it's you need a new bow. Okay, I got it. I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am I am going antelope hunting in two weeks, so we'll see what happens. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually haven't owned a bow. I mean, I've only been shooting for a couple of years, but I haven't owned a bow over 30 inches. I've got the 29 right there. Uh-huh. And then my first bow, which is now my backup, is the the Hoyt Axius, but it was a 29 and a half. So okay. I, my next one needs to be a little bit longer, I'm thinking, or at least a 30 inch, but I'm I'm loving it. I mean, but again, oh, yeah. it is for everyone, you know, everyone's a little bit different. Um, you know, they the guys at the at the shop, they watch me and I feel comfortable in my in my position. Um, and they're like, we can't tell if you're just really muscular or if you're scrunched. And I'm like, if I go any further, like with the draw link, I start popping my forearms. So I'm yeah. assuming my draw link's good. They're like, okay, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> so- <laughs> I've not, I've not owned a bow that's shorter axle of axle in 32. Mm. Was your axis? My axis was the, was ultra. the ultra. So it was yeah. like 33. But the shortest one was that was that the, mock one. Well, you had a cruiser. He started. But I did with have the a cruiser, cruiser when D2. I started. The cruiser mm-hmm. D two is what I started with. But my Mach one, my PSC was thirty two and I think it's in a quarter. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I the long the long axle to axle bows is where I I kind of live. I like those a yeah. lot better. 
Well, see, I, I've got T-Rex arms, so, you know, I have to up the poundage <laughs> and uh, go with the shorter speed bows. Right. Um, but, you know, I might dabble in it eventually. I might I might get a longer one. I'm, I'm sure I will um, when it comes down to it. But uh, either way, you know, like what you were saying, it's all the individual preference. I, I love, you know, coming from from pistols and rifles over to archery. It's funny to me that people still get so stuck in no Hoyt's better, no PSE, no Matthews, no PSE stands for a piece of crap, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> they're, you know, they're all, they're all bows. Like, you know, someone likes something. There's cool things about every single one of them. Um, you know, Matthews does things. I think it looks better than the Hoyt, but yeah. there's th certain things about the Hoyt that I, I mean, I can get it up to 84 pounds and yeah. that's where I like it, you know? So it just, it's all, it's all different. And, you know, if you're just getting into it, you definitely need to go and check them out. Um, aesthetics is, is part of it, but you should definitely go and shoot blind and feel the bow, you know, things like that. Um, so you can, you can know where you're at. Um, but, but no, I, I, you know, you guys have a great perspective of, of having overcome some trials. I mean, you say, you know, I, I, I say adult onset, do you guys say late onset, but I, I'm, I'm trying to coin this term of adult onset hunter, adult onset, you know, archer. Um, you know, I'm definitely in that category. Uh, and, and, you know, for anyone that, you know, maybe wants some coaching, do you do virtual coaching or is it all in person? That's something we've actually we're talked about. At. We're looking into virtual. We've got, we're coming up with a few items right now to kind of, we've, we actually have developed some items, some equipment that'll help um, beginners. I mean, we really dove into this at, at first. And so we've developed some stuff that I'm struggling. Obviously, we got lots going on. So I'm struggling to get things patented and stuff like that. But we are trying to create an online program where it would all be run by Zoom. So okay. it, it's it, how many people can we reach? It's not about how much. You know, obviously money comes into play, but how many people can we reach and how many lives can we change? And the only, and that's the only reason, you know, at the beginning of our conversation was like, Hey, she's taught 300 people. Well, it's not just her. It's, it's myself as well, but it's so cool to us to know that 300 people have had the ability to be able to pick up a bow or to at least talk to us and say, how do I do this? And they feel more comfortable. And that's what it's all about is, and so to answer your question, yeah, virtual is, is the next thing on our list. And I think the reason we've taken a little more time to get there is because I really feel strongly that you need to have like a one-on-one -on -one connection. Like I don't want to lose that part of the personal, yeah, the personal interaction and the personal touch and helping someone feel comfortable. Um, and so I don't necessarily want to put together just like an online virtual video mm -hmm. program because I want to have access to people and especially women and kids so that they have a sounding board so that I can have those conversations and help in those places, which thankfully for technology, we can do. We just, we've kind of had to put a lot of our ideas on hold for the last few months because we're living in tiny spaces and our life is kind of in upheaval. Um, and it wasn't necessarily where we thought we would be this August. Uh, so hopefully next spring when 3d season rolls around, we're going to do a lot of reevaluating. We're going to put more effort into our YouTube channel again. Um, 
but life is life, you know, like you kind of have to ebb and flow with what's working and what's not. And I hope that people know that we're always a resource for them. That's something that we try really hard uh, to make known to anyone who follows us anywhere, any of our archery community that we are a resource. And if we don't have the answers, we'll help find them for you. Um, it's interesting. She'll have people. She's probably, you know, you sit here, she spends all day answering questions and responding to people on Instagram. And I think that's part of the reason that our community has built so quickly and so strong is because of the personalization that she puts into the, our, our page and her teaching her in her coaching. But it's funny. It's interesting because she'll be like, I'll randomly get four or five text messages a week. Hey, what do you think about this bow? Because she's trying to respond to somebody in Germany or she's trying to, you know, she's trying to fix someone's issue. I send in Spanish another, text messages. She'll send me, yeah, she'll I'm send like, me, what does this mean? What does this mean? She's trying to speak Spanish. Yeah, I do. I nice. It's so, so it, Oh, it's, it's nice. But we've got, I mean, the, the community that we've built is amazing to have a sounding board to be able to be like, Hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me? And she, I mean, like I said, we both help out at the shop, but she's always on the internet. She's learning. How does this work? What does this, what happens here? You know, we just mm -hmm. had, we just had an issue with, you know, you, you've met the bow hitch guys. Mm -hmm. We just had an issue issue where one of the bow hitches wasn't fitting just right. And so a, a girl sent her a picture of it and, so we jumped right on and we, we went, we got through it with the bow hitch guys and, and we kind of figured things out, but we do that. She does that. And we do that on a daily basis. And it's so cool, even though it can't be face to face, which is the only reason we're pushing for that virtual yeah. type training and coaching is because it's just so cool. You can touch somebody all the way out in Spain or mm -hmm. some of, some of our coolest, you know, some of the people that follow us from the very beginning, um, where's, what's his name from Spain? France. Yeah, France. Patrick, he's from France. He's bought a ton of our apparel, but he's had so many questions that, you know, that we've had to answer over the last couple of years. And, and just people, it's amazing that people will actually reach out to you when you are a personal type person yep. and they know that you care. And so I think the virtual will work. It's just a matter of trying to figure it out. Yeah, no, exactly. So you're saying uh, you're quitting your job. And you're going full time <laughs> into this, and you're hiring is what you're snogging. <laughs> I, I would be opening up, opening up a bow shop right now if I could. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get it. It's one of those things that, and I love to see the growth. I love to see where you guys are going with this, and um, I, I love the community that you're building. You have a unique perspective that I think a lot of people um, can definitely appreciate, and and I, I I love that you guys are building it slowly, but also you know, going back to the family portion, you guys are putting your family first above everything. Like, yes, you're, right. you, you have this passion. You guys want to get these things done, but sometimes you have to tip the scales uh, where, you know, right now family is a little bit more than where your, your, your work or passion is uh, with Epic Archery. So it's, you know, it's on, it's, you're always missing out on something. And I can't remember where I heard, oh man, I can't remember where I heard this, but he, he said, if you're going to pursue something, 
you need to be, you need to first establish what you're okay with losing out on. Right. right. Because you're always going to lose out on something. Right. Right. Like no matter what you're doing, you're losing out on something. Right. It, it's right. just, that is what it is. Um, it, it may seem harsh to people, but it's true. And you need to be okay with what you're giving up. Like you guys right now are giving up that passion because your family and your house building and, and your current job right now, and all of that is more important because of your vision. And right. so I, again, I, I respect that a hundred percent. I can see where, um, you know, you guys are living the values that you're telling other people about. So I really appreciate it. I, you know, on top of that, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day, um, your vacation and, and speaking with me here on the podcast. Um, do you guys have anything else that you want maybe the audience or listeners to, to know before we hop off here? Um, I just, I think one of the things that really drew me to archery is that there's really a place for everyone. And if it's something that you've ever thought about or wanted to be a part of, or especially if your significant other or people in your family are involved and you just didn't feel like you knew where to start or haven't even thought about it, um, let us help you like reach out and try because I mean, we see, we see blind archers, we see people without limbs, we see all of these connections in families that you know, the wife has been a hunting widow for decades and then she picks up a bow and all of a sudden all of her kids pick up bows. And instead of her being a hunting widow, they have elk camp and the whole family's there, you know? And so I just, I've, I've had women in that situation tell me like, it just never occurred to me that that's the way that it could be like that. I could have that role in whatever it is. And and there's also an element of if you don't ever want to hunt, like one of the big things that we as Epic Archery Unleashed have really tried to promote is that archery doesn't have to be strictly target or hunting. Like there's this beautiful middle ground of recreational archery that can bring your family together. But if you're the woman who has a little bit of like Bambi phobia like I do where I'm like I'm not sure that I want to shoot that big beautiful majestic thing I can shoot every day of the week all year round and be involved and I don't have to hunt and I don't have to shoot competitions um, but it can still be something very fulfilling and mm -hmm. bonding in my life and, and like we like all of us have been talking if people would learn how to put their connection within their own family, within their own walls first, all of it, everything works out in the end. If they, if they will just focus on all of that within side, I mean, it's, it just, everything will make sense eventually, but that's, like I said, that's why she was my first hunting partner or archery partner. And we've just grown this huge community and we've shot with so many people. Um, I would never go do this without her mm -hmm. just because it's created such a bond for us. And, and you know, like, like we've talked in this whole podcast, family will always come first with us. And, and so it just, it, it just, it's one of those things that just, uh, if you're not centered in that, if you're not centered in family, if you're not centered in, in making that connection, then, then, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. Like, 
archery just became our thing, but Mm -hmm. ultimately it's really been the thing that brought our central family unit together and then created this incredible community of support, extended family around us that we could have never dreamed of had it not been for archery. So anyway, that's awesome. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that point of view and, and perspective. And I think you know, there's a lot of people that can benefit from, from that perspective. Uh, and, and again, thank you so much for hopping on here with me and, and for your time. Where can people find you if you, if they want to look you up? Uh, we are at Epic Archery Unleashed and it's not Epic, E-P-I-C, it's Epic, which is our last name, E-P-P-I-C-H, Archery Unleashed. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, all the same handle. Uh, We're not nearly as active on TikTok, but Instagram, you'll get the quickest response from us. We do have some good stuff on YouTube and hope to have some more. more. We have a ton of videos that are in in the middle of being made. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. well, I will, I'll leave those links down below so you guys can go check them out. Uh, definitely give them a, a shout if you have any questions, um, in German, cause they're fluent in German apparently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but in all reality, guys, if you have questions, reach out to them and, and, uh, and they'll, they'll love to help you out. As you can tell, they're great people and, and I uh, just want to share their passion of archery with, with everyone. So again, thanks guys so much for hopping on here. And as you guys all know, And I always say, get out, live your life, and love it. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into that. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you want to reach out to them, I'm going to leave the links down below to reach out to Mel and Kel over at Epic Archery. Loved having this conversation again. It's always interesting to me to just speak with people that have families but are pursuing their passions such as they are, which in this case has to do hugely into archery and wanting to share that with other people uh, through virtual coaching and other means as well. So if you want to reach out to them, guys, again, I'm going to leave the link down below to go find them. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life and love it.